Welcome back everyone to Homie and the Dude. I'm Bodhi, your unexceptional dungeon master, and I'm joined by our exceptional cast of players today. We have Tracy, the mum of Homie and the Dude, an absolute all-round team player, badass, helping in all the areas, playing Sister Devna. We've got Ben, the social media wizard, editing guru, and all-round backbone. <laughs> what was that? Dude. I don't know what that was. It's somewhere, somewhere <laughs> between like the punch wind up, <laughs> or it's like the guy at the club that's just doing <laughs> 10 hours Raising straight. The like, it was exactly yeah. neither of those. Yeah. <laughs> and Ben is playing Master Two Fan today. And then finally, we have over on the right, Tom, the father, <laughs> and the other half of Homie Did and the dude Paul? over there <laughs> playing um, Asayu Kizu, um, our resident firebender. Um, guys, welcome back to Avatar Legends The Last Breath. This is part three of our series. Um, we're super, super excited to get into this one. Quickly before we do, I need to make a couple of shout outs. First of all, to our live producer, Becky, who is kicking butt, working very hard um, to bring you guys the best production that we can do. As well as that, I need to shout out um, the art team of Josh, Victor, and Alex. Um, I also need to give a shout out to Reven, um, the lead moderator and one of our community leaders in our Discord server. We can't do what we do without you. Thank you, buddy, for doing what you do. We appreciate you infinitely. Um, have I forgotten anyone? I think that's it, isn't it? I think that's it. It's pretty much, and there's loads, but I mean... I mean yeah, Sh shout out to Tony, shout out to Mark, you know, there's a <laughs> bunch of people. Shout out to Underground Oracle Publishing. But, um, cool. Um, if everyone is sitting comfortably, <sighs> yeah. then let's begin. Water. Earth. Fire air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony, and then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Our party, the battered, mutilated, sole survivors of the Northern Air Temple Massacre, managed to break out of the rubble that had crushed their loved ones before fighting their way to the Sky Bison Barn to narrowly escape on the back of Master Two Fan's trusty Sky Bison, leaving all they loved behind them. They fled with one goal in mind, warn the Eastern Air Temple. Along their journey to the East, our party chose to momentarily stop at the legendary Earth Kingdom of Ba Sing Se to spread word of the violence and tragedy that had occurred at the Northern Air Temple. Once this information had been passed to the city guard, Sister Devna and Nuon Beifong insisted that the party must continue east to warn the last standing air temple of the imminent Fire Nation threat. At the Eastern Temple, our party were greeted with bright smiles that soon faded and morphed into fearful gazes upon hearing their warning. The Fire Nation are coming. And they're coming to kill us all. 
Moments after their arrival, a heavily wounded airbender and bison crash-landed on another part of the temple. It was the esteemed High Elder of the Southern Air Temple, Monk Gyatso. Having barely escaped the Fire Nation attacks himself, he came bearing news. Some very bad. And some with just a glimmer of hope. The Avatar had fled Gyatso's temple before the attacks. And he may still be alive. So, we rejoin our party of players in the sealed room known as the Sanctuary in the Eastern Temple. Sat around a round table, our party have just found out from Monkey Yatso that Avatar Aang may still be alive, and that if anyone could stop the Fire Nation army, that it would be him. We currently have sat at the table Sister Devna, Master Tu Fong, Nuan Bei Fong, and uh, High Elder Leo, um, with Sister um, Is just sat off to the side as well. And then you have Asayo stood away from the table listening in. Over to you guys, as you've just heard this information. Master Tu Fan, uh, now known as Iota Tu Fan, since uh, the tragedy that struck the Northern Air Temple, is going to start by sort of questioning Monk Gyatso a bit further on this. Yeah. What's he going to ask? You say he fled in fear from hearing about this news of being the Avatar. Where do you think he might have gone? We, we didn't see him leave as such, so we're not entirely sure that we know he traveled the southern waters. All we can hope is that Appa, his bison, is protecting him and that he's safe. That's the thing. I think, unknowingly, he may have saved himself. And if he hadn't done this, he would probably not be alive right now. Well, it is my believing that the Fire Nation are hunting the Avatar. I think they realized that he was a young boy. And they knew that he would be an airbender after Roku's death. So m my assumption is that they came after us, but I just pray and I have been praying since I left my temple that Aang is safe and that soon he finds his way back to us. Were any other survivors at the, the temple or is the Southern Temple no more? You see him look to High Elder Leo with like a look of just shame on his face as he then looks back down. The temple is partially destroyed as far as I know. Myself and Aang are the only survivors. I'm so sorry. Asayu steps forward, still not sitting, and says, they will not stop. 
they won't stop until either they destroy everyone or they are destroyed. I know this. I turn to Asayan and say, Asayan, take a seat at the table. You are worthy to be here as the rest of us. Sit at this spare seat next to me. See I Sister Leah. Sister Leah. Gestures with her hand, nods, and offers you a seat. I pull out the chair and I sit down. It's, it's thanks to Asayu's quick thinking that we are all here today. You assisted us to, with the firebenders that came to destroy the Northern Temple. I think your input is, is hugely valuable to us at this time. But it feels like if, if they've destroyed the, the Northern Temple and we didn't have any of the guests come from the, the West and the South to the wedding, surely we are next. We, we must prepare. Sister not, Leah. Not only are we next, I think we're all that's left. Sister Leah inhales deeply. She places a hand on Monk Yato's old, you can see like withered, wrinkled skin that has blood kind of just dried on it at the moment. She looks at you all. If there is any chance that Aang is alive, we need to give him every opportunity to survive and escape. If they believe that he is here, then maybe that plays in our favor. That's a very good point. I think about those words. I think I'm understanding perhaps my version of what was just said, but it seems like we are at least meant to buy some time for Aang and maybe even fight to the last to giving every chance he can have to just find an opportunity to survive. I think that would be the best thing that we could do. And let me say this with the heaviest of hearts and to those of us here in the chamber. I'm not sure what type of force they're bringing Monkeyatso mentioned some sort of flying ship. But if we are also the last of the airbenders, then not only is Aang's life hanging in the balance with us, but so is the history of our people. So is everything that we hold dear, the traditions, the way of life, the peace, that we all love. I don't think we'll be seeing any more peace in our lifetime. It would seem so. But we must do everything we can to make sure that we defend this last temple. If, if this is the last stand, then let it be the last stand. I have more information. If you haven't been able to tell yet I am a firebender but not just a firebender that was raised with airbenders I am the son of General Zarek Kizu General Kizu is the leader of this attack I know him 
who's my father. And although I left when I was young, I know what he's capable of. And I have seen what he did to us in the Eastern Temple, and I believe he will do the same. It is his tendency to strike first and strike hardest. That is his strategy. That is what he's instilled in me. And that is what I believe he will do. He will not hesitate. He will come over whatever horizon we see them, and he will attack. That is his nature. That is what he is. It's his essence. It's his mission. There will not be hesitation from him. As you say this, Nuon now sat next to you where you kind of slotted into the table, just places a hand on your shoulder. As if to not only say, like, we get this is really hard for you and like understanding that, but also to be some sort of a symbol of reconciliation from what happened on the journey here. She looks to Sister Leo and says, he's not wrong. What they did at the Northern Temple was just terrible. And we lost everyone. But I think, I think, you know, if we, if we band together, we might have a chance. I think, you know, the, 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 you're all incredible. You know, just the people at this table alone are the greatest airbenders. I, I feel like we could have a chance. Sister Leo looks around and goes, we as airbenders have not done battle for millennia. There would be some things that would need to be done in preparation for this if we planned to make a stand here and to try and hold them off. I think it would take take the whole temple for us to defend it. I mean, we will have to summon young children, elders, and it feels like we will need everybody to have their place She's, to make this happen. She's right. I sister Leo, their army is massive. We saw them when we flew over here and they it have seems, walking creatures. It seems that almost we have never, never ending. Seen. The way they intend to climb, the same way they managed to ascend to our temple, was these strange climbing machines that they were inside of and they, they sort of climbed their way up the mountain and crawled out of these machines. And he will not... Sounds like vermin. He won't stop unless he feels vulnerable. He won't stop unless he feels there is a chance he will lose. It's the only way. And even then, I, I doubt... I doubt he'll stop unless we can take my father out. And I wish to do this in honor of my mother who lost her life at the Northern Temple. I hear the pain in all your voices and you like me understand the gravity of what we are facing here. 
it is everyone we need and it is everyone we shall have. Every able-bodied airbender. But Sister Leo, it is with great haste that we must make these preparations. This army is moving quickly. We don't know when they're going to arrive. We, 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 we know that we escaped those at the Eastern Temple, but we don't know what other regiments are coming this way or whether they were ahead of that regiment. What we do know is we flew with post haste to get here to warn you. Other than that, I would expect that an attack is imminent. It, it, it could be any time. It could be over the horizon right now. Okay. Um, in that case, let me think. Sister Devna. Yes. You remember, you remember the basement? Yes. Okay. I believe that there is some arms in there. I believe that there, that there is some armor and, and stuff that was used by airbenders a very long time ago okay. that we could possibly give to the people. I, I, I will put a call out. Um, if you could possibly walk with uh, Sayu and, and, and go down there and, and, and possibly show him where it is. Absolutely. Then Sayu, if, if you could possibly begin Anything. handing out arms Nuon, if you could go with them as well, as many hands as possible to, to arm and, and prepare the, the, the peoples. But Sister Leo. Yes. While arming is important, what about our scrolls, all our divine scriptures? What about those in I the can, sanctuary? I can take the lead on arming the team, on arming the, the, the regiment of airbenders. I can do that. Nuon, do you know the way? Yes, I can. I can lead Asayo over there. Uh, okay, in that case, go to the go to the uh, go to the tomb. Make sure that the archives are barricaded. Um, make sure that the two are all right as well, and that they are okay. Um, I'm not sure whether they've received information about this attack yet, and I'm sure they would be very interested to hear about this uh, and, and will act quickly with yourself. I I will do it with honor to protect our writings, our laws. I will do that with honor, Sister Leo. Uh, uh, okay. Um, well, we should think of those who, you know, every able-bodied man, woman, child who can fight, should fight. We should also think of those who cannot or should not fight as well. What shall we do with them? I already failed the people of the Northern Air Temple. There's no one left from there but me and the people you see here before you. Let me, let me free the sky bison. Let me send them away from all this. They don't deserve to be put in the middle of a war. She looks at Monkeyato. Monkeyato nods. She looks back and goes, I think that would be a very noble thing to do, Master Tufan, and you did not fail anyone, because when we make our stand here today, we will be breathing life into all of those people that we have lost. She looks to Nuon, and Nuon is kind of like, you can almost see she's gone from like, being like, I'm gonna help, to then she's like in her head, like doing like some like mental maths or something. Something's going on in Nuon's head, and she's like, for those 
for those who cannot, for those who cannot defend themselves, and those who are not airbenders. The most protected room is here in the sanctuary. If we bring them in here, I can defend the sanctuary. We can we can seal the door, and we can make sure that no firebender could ever touch them. That's, that's a good plan. That's nuance. That sounds. Yeah, the best thing we can do for those people. I agree. I just worry. I just worry, Nuon. Will you be? Will you need anyone else to to stand guard at this place, just in case you're overwhelmed? You see Nuon go from this like mathematical working things out to then just stoic. She lifts her rock arm and places it gently on the table. I've got this. I've got this. I love you, Nuon. I love you too, too fat. She reaches her like flesh hand over and like touches yours. At this moment, Sister Leo looks and goes, well, it would seem we've got a plan. Okay, Nuon, if it comes down to it, if worse comes to the worst, Choose one person that you trust. She steps up from the table and walks over to the large statue of one of the past avatars that sits uh, above you guys, kind of looking down upon the sanctuary table. And she walks over to it and slides a rock to reveal a like chew, basically. She quickly airbends some air through the tube and you hear as between the crossed feet of the avatar separates a small doorway with stairs descending out of the temple. If worse comes to the worst, they can escape through this door, down the mountain, off to the island. The path leads to the beaches where they can find ships to take them to the Earth Kingdom. As a worst case scenario, if we fail, tell someone, tell them to lead those who can away from here and spread word of what the Fire Nation did. See Nuon clench her rock fist and release Tufan's hand. I shall do so. She stands up from the table. I'm gonna start gathering people and those who cannot fight and bringing them here. Um, can you just lead me to the to the armory, Nuon, as we go, and I'll I don't need you to take me down there. Just lead me in the direction, and I'll find it. Okay. Uh, when you leave here, take a left, take a right, and then go down the stairs. When you go down there, you'll see two doorways. Choose the one on your right. Okay. Sir, you'll find your way from there. It's just one path. It's super okay. easy. Uh, Leo stands up, and she goes, um, "Monkey out, so Would you maybe like to go clean yourself off, and then?" meet Asayu downstairs for uh, some arms. Cooks her and goes, yeah, I'll, I'll do that and just take a moment. It um, would be my great honor, Monkey Atsu. Mine too, Asayu. He bows and stands up and goes to leave the sanctuary. The sanctuary door <laughs> opens back up. This giant stone door opens back up and he walks out. Nuon walks out after him and begin shouting, right, anyone, 
who is not an airbender, please collect your most valuable possessions and make your way to the sanctuary. See Sister Leo walk over to tubing that leads up to the wall, uh, up the wall and like out through the doorway basically. And she blows a <laughs> through the tubing. It echoes throughout the halls. Suddenly, the peacefulness of this temple is filled with the steps of footsteps and loud muttering and shouts as people begin rushing about the temple. It's left with just you three sat in the sanctuary as Leo steps out and goes, I'm going to go to my quarters and uh, grab my daughters and prepare them. I'll uh, Thank you, I'll see you in a little bit. Hired Leo. Uh, Leo. We'll, we'll make it to our, our stations as quick as possible. I guess I need to go, but I just want to say, be careful. If need be, fight well, and I will see you. I will see you. Well, I think we should gather with everybody at the walls so that we can then have a plan, a final plan, and, and if we all meet. Okay. Okay. Yes? Yeah, I will do my part as quick as possible. I shall too. All right. Fetch me a glider staff. I have a feeling we're gonna need it. You were always good with a glider staff, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I will do, hire the true fan. So, are you okay? I know that the father's coming, and that means a lot of things. Sometimes it's important to put your own feelings aside. And there are bigger considerations right now. I'll deal with my feelings when it's time to deal with them. Okay. But for now, I'm okay. Okay. I must go and protect our scriptures. Okay. I shall meet you back later. Okay. Learn what you can and save what you can. Be I safe. shall do. I shall do. I shall return. And as I step away, I'm, I, there is haste in my step but I take one small slide step to Nuon and I just put my arms around her and I hug her while she's there and I lean in and say, I'm so proud to be your sister. She, I love you. she like unexpectedly as she's like been shouting and trying to gather people turns and like hugs you as well and is like, be safe, save your people's work, save our people's work. I will do everything I can, Nuon, and I shall meet you back. I must make haste now. I'll see you in a bit, T. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah. Yeah, good luck out there. All right, you too. As Tufan walks past, she grabs Tufan by the head and places her head against yours, closes her eyes, and just says, together, and releases you, nods. I give a sort of like a, almost like a brother-in-law look to Nuon and I say, you take care of yourself as well, Nuon. I'll see you. She nods. And I back away and turn and I bolt out the door. Awesome. So you found your left in front of Nuon? Yeah. I stay a bit longer with Nuon and I take both her hands in mine and say, no matter what happens, Oshini Day. Oshini Day. She releases turns, runs, and just starts screaming like, everyone gather your things! Only the valuables make your way to the sanctuary! She's like helping people. You see her like grab something off of someone and start helping people. Tufan, as you rush off and make your way down some steps, and out through the temple, 
you kind of are bumping into people that are rushing past you. You can hear the horns blaring that Sister Leo blew, and you're just kind of like in this fugue state of like, just get there, just get there kind of thing. And you're like bumping into people. And as you arrive at the, the barn, um, you can see the bison master, who is someone who you actually met a long time ago when you were being given your bison. Um, and uh, you, you know him all right, but not, not super well. And um, you can see that the bison are kind of like unrested. And you can see like within this barn alone, there's probably like 60 or 70 bison. Like there's wow. a lot of bison in here. There's babies, there's adults, you know, there's mixed of, you know, adolescent bisons. There's a bunch of bisons in here. One, yeah. of course, is Briefus, yours. Yeah. And uh, I guess the first thing is, am I able to sort of motor my, my way through and actually see which one is Briefus at the moment? Of, of course. So as you run in, um, the, um, the like, bison master is like, ah, uh, Master Tufan, I'm sure you've heard the horns. Are, are, are you coming to collect, are they coming to collect bisons ready for battle? No. These bison, they don't deserve what's coming. The firebenders, they want to capture them, kill them, experiment on them. And these bison don't deserve that. They don't have the, you know, they're intelligent creatures, as you know, but they didn't sign up for what is coming. We, is the, the right thing to do is to let them go and live and be free right now. You see him like exhale sharply and go, I, I agree. You made the right decision. I, I, I was so worried about these boys and you know, he places a hand on a bison next to him. Uh, and starts stroking down the arrow, and the bison's like, he's like, okay, uh, uh, what can I do to help you, lad? Well, first of all, let's give them one last feed. Make sure they're ready, because they're going to have a long journey ahead. They're going to have to get used to, you know, being on their own again without, they'll have each other, of course, but they're not going to have the air nomads if this all goes wrong. So... We need to make sure that they're at least well fed. One not, last meal. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. He like begins gathering um, like some grain and stuff that they like eating and some yeah. meats and stuff, and starts like handing it to you and being like, Qu "Quickly, then let's let's feed them quickly." Yeah, I sort of start um, air bending, just sort of a gentle breeze around mm. to sort of hopefully calm the bison down a bit, cool them down a bit, but also sort of waft the smell of this food mm. around so that the bison are kind of aware. Mm. Um, like, I think this is more of an above table question. Mm. To what level do bison like understand what we're saying? Like they know yip yip, of course, means fly, <laughs> right? But like... Uh, they do, they... Are they kind of like horses? To, to a degree, they're a little bit more intelligent. They're, they're a lot more intelligent than horses, but in terms of like the way they act, yes, they can understand commands. And like they get, they understand like dogs, you know, like affectionate, like intonations and things like that. So if, yeah. you know, you say their name, they know that, you know, kind of thing. Um, yeah. But they can't understand like common vocabulary. Yeah, I, I imagine they, they there's like a, a dinner bell or horn or something like yeah. that that we have that, yeah. that I'm going to say there's an air vendor horn that the bisons would recognize. Yeah. Like, bisons, it's time to eat. And I sort of, it, I'm, I'm going to say, it, I'm blowing it, it's kind of like a flute or clarinet kind of thing with my air bending. Yeah. And uh, it's 
yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't do a good impression. I can't whistle in real <laughs> yeah. life, but, but just imagine that. I, I, I'm imagining, I'm imagining this like gorgeous, like, um, like uh, almost wooden carved, like pan flute kind of situation going yeah. on. And too fun, but with like grain under one arm goes and just like, and starts like blowing this kind of song out. Uh, you see the bison begin kind of getting riled up as you begin like feeding them and they all begin like munching and just kind of eating and drinking water quickly. You eventually arrive at Briefus, your boy. Hey, buddy. Ooh. You see he nudges into your hand. It's been a long few days, hasn't it, Briefus? Ooh. I give him a scratch behind the ears. I'm gonna miss you, friend. He leans in and like bumps you and starts like nuzzling his head into your chest. Yeah, I lean my head against his forehead as well. And for a moment, your two tattoos, his arrow, like, dyed hair, and your tattoo, like, connect in this moment. And you just have yeah. this really beautiful moment. Yeah, I, um, after a while, I sort of lean back so, so that we can, like, look at each other's eyes. Mm. Although his eyes are quite far apart, so I'm really focusing on one, <laughs> like, at this point. And I just say, listen... We're going to have to part ways soon. It's for the best. It's for your own good. And you'll be better off this way. Those bad men that tried to take you away. Do who knows what. They want to they wanna hurt us. And I can't let that happen to you. You deserve better. So. Soon. This is going to be goodbye, my friend. As you say this, he nudges into you and begins chewing on like the bit of clothing <laughs> on your shoulder and begins just chewing like, and like then licks the side of your yeah. face. Something to remember me by, eh? <laughs> and, uh, and then he's gonna like kind of be doing, and as you're kind of having this conversation, the bison master kind of walks past you, feeding the other bison around you, and he, uh, he stops quickly and goes, You know, Master Two Phantom, bison's lad, they have the greatest of memories of all the creatures. And not only that, but in their own special way, you know them grunts and stuff, yeah? In their own special way, they always communicate with each other. So I know this might be goodbye for now. But know that Briefus will never forget you. And he will pass stories of you to his children and his children's children. As he lives wow. on from this day, so... That's... That's actually a real comfort. Thank you for telling me this. Uh, it's all right. It's it's something that not a lot of people know, but when you spend enough time with these beasties, you begin to start understanding them, begin to start knowing them. And for me, these are like people myself. I feel like I'm one of the pack. He, a tear like rolls down his face as he brushes it away and goes, "Well, boy, that's that's all of them fed." We shouldn't waste any time then. We should send them on their way. Okay. You see him walk over to 
what is definitely the biggest, most like badass looking bison in the lot. Like it, this bison has like gray fur. It's old. It's got like a Fu Manchu of fur like hanging yeah. down, um, and uh, it's just massive. Its arrow is like dark black, like almost like onyx black. Yeah. Um, and he goes over, and you can tell that this is like his bison, um, and he's like. Oh, Stormcloud. You're going to need to do something for me, buddy. And you see the Bison Master suddenly start. You see his Bison look at you, look down the line at all the other Bison, and then look back at his Master. You see the bison's eyes begin to well up with tears as he also The bison master steps back leading him by his lead opens the massive doors to this barn that are about three stories tall places a final hand on his bison and lets his head drop. Yip yip. And you see it take off. As this happens, others begin to follow, almost like a congregation of these bison begin kind of coming together and all of them leaping from the edge of the temple into the air, their tails batting the air back at you. You can feel the air hitting you as it does. All the bison begin taking off into the sky, Briefus being the last to go as he nuzzles into you, not quite understanding Come on, lad, you what's gotta happening. You gotta go. You gotta go. You need to go with them. It's the only way. I'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Me and, me and my friends, we'll be fine. This is just for your own good. We'll, 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 I'll see you again one day, I hope. As you but say for this, now, you must go. As you say this, Briefus kind of looking at you backs up. You can see like a look of concern in his eyes. As he looks at you one last time. <laughs> turns, leaps, his tail. <laughs> a big bat of air and dust kind of billows up. And as you stand next to the bison master, you look up out. Can you describe what two fans feeling is you've just said goodbye to? A bison that you have had since you were about 10 years old and since he was about 10 years old as well. Yeah. I feel a deep sadness as there's a good chance this will be the last time I see this friend of mine again. But in a strange way, Two Fan's sadness isn't really like, uh, you know, like a selfish sadness of I'm never going to see my bison, my one of my best friends again. He's almost sort of feeling sad for how Briefus is feeling right now, and the confusion that that it must be going through his head, and the sadness that Briefus might feel for never seeing another Airbender if that happens, you know, and sort of. This hits Tufan harder than his own sadness ever could. And at the same time, 
thinks back to what happened at the Northern Air Temple. All the loved ones of his that died. And there's sort of a melancholy happiness of just like, at least I saved one. This Beautiful. one will live. Beautiful. That's, that's stunning. Um, and as you look, the red sky from the comet that is still crossing, and you see hundred or so bison flying in the sky, a thought comes into your mind. Who in the history of ever has seen this many bison flying together in open space? You and this bison master might just be the only two in history. And is the light from the comet reflects off of their fur and you get gorgeous tones of red and white off of them. A glimmer of like hope suddenly just comes into Tufan. Just this moment of like, shit. Who knows? Who knows what's to come? This feels right. And Tufan says this out loud and says we did the right thing and puts his hand on the shoulder of the uh, what's it called again? Sorry. <laughs> the the, the uh, bison master. The bison master. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And sort of just smiles at him and says... He's, he's called Yang, by the okay. way. Yang, let's go back inside. We've got work to do. Yang puts his arm around you, and as he turns to you, you can see that he is, like, fully, like, bowling his eyes out. Like, it's, like, just full crying, and he's, like... Yeah. Seeing, seeing him like good. this, I pull him in for a proper hug. Just a good pat on the back. As you pat his back, bison hair comes out of his clothes <laughs> and like falls like to Two the ground. sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. He's like, sorry, sorry. And I, I, I give um, I basically you. like one sleeve, the one that is now slightly chewed from briefus. I used to sort of wipe my own, and then I sort of give him a bit of my sleeve to wipe his tears a bit. He he appreciates it inf infinitely, and his mood when you wipe it, switches to like an airbender focus. And you can see it almost instantly. And uh, he's like, let's go. And you guys take off. At that moment, the camera flies out of the bison barn and flies around the center pagoda of the Eastern Air Temple. And as it flies around, it pans into one of the windows where we find Sister Devna running up some stairs, running, 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 and as you slide into a hallway, you see the two. The two are these old gentlemen, as you know, very, very old airbenders who, if they wanted to be, could easily be the high elders of this temple. But through pure choice, they are dedicated to the history and knowledge of airbending and airbender traditions. Um, and not only that, but they catalog anything that happens in history and are constantly cataloging stuff that happens in history, basically, um, in these archives. You see them out the front of the archives and they're both like trying to lift this large plank of wood that they're trying to like put in the door. And one of them's like, ah, to me. Uh, and the other one's like, okay, okay. To you, uh, to, to me. Uh, Devna quickly just throws a quick blast of air down the corridor and just lifts it up. Quickly. He's like, oh, oh, I got it, I've got it, I've got it. To me, to me. And they, 
put it um, kind of like across the door a little bit and then one of them goes, wait a second, Jerry, do you think we should maybe block it from the inside? Not the out, how are we gonna get back in at some point? The other one goes, God damn it, Tim, you're right. Shit, let's try and get this back down and uh, begin lifting it again. And Devna sort of like raises an eyebrow and thinks, okay, I thought they were going to barricade it from the outside. I quickly lift it off and flip it to the side. As Jerry, you do this, they both turn. Tim, what are you doing? Why are you barricading the, the door? Uh, we heard the the call of battle, and so we, we we thought um, we should protect the archives. 100%. Come on, let me come inside with you. We need to move some bookcases around. It is vital. Let me let me tell you quickly about what I've seen at the Northern Temple. They The, the firebenders have gone in there and, and trying to burn everything. We must try and save all our scriptures, the scrolls, and if we can move some of these bookcases, maybe push them together so they are face to face and protected a bit more, I think this will be a way for us to at least save some of the legend that we have and the work that the two of you have been doing, categorizing everything and, and, and noting everything of worth that we have been happening for, for years and years. Please come, let's go inside. You see, you see, they kind of like both turn around and like begin like hobbling in after you. And Jerry's like, okay, um. Stand aside, stand aside. Let me handle this. And I start sort of like doing like shifts of, and I'm moving things. And I, I'm like, Jerry, Tim, be careful. Take a step back there from that bookshelf. Beautiful, yeah. And I. You're passing around and you can see like, even though like they're old, they're like managing to like move like smaller like cases with their air bending and stuff like that. And as you guys block off like all the windows in the archive, um, the light kind of comes now down to just the torch light that is inside, like the, the fire that is crackling. And for the first time since the Northern Temple, you're kind of surrounded by this like crackling firelight, uh, Sister Devna. And one of them looks at the other one and uh, is like, "Jerry, what's what's that in your in, in, in your cloak?" And Jerry kind of opens it. He's like, "Oh, it's." He pulls out a tome and he's like, "Just my. I wanted to keep my favorite one. This was that time we wrote about, you know, that party that happened, and I just wanted to keep this one, just in case we all died and everything burned and I happened to escape." <laughs> Why are you talking about this? Surely the most important one is is the tome on levitation. We have to say that. I, it's the one thing I've not attained. And, and when this is over, I need to come back here, Jerry, and, and find that tome. So we have to put it in a safe place. Please, can you pull that tome for me and put it in a safe space? See Tim look at you and go, Sister Devon. There is no tome for how to levitate. That's sh surely there. There must be. It, it. It must be something you learned. No, no. We. We. I mean, 
we heard about Guru Langhima and it, there's rumors as to how it's done, but there's no actual clear evidence on how it's 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 done. Um, look, I've not the, heard these rumors. What what are these rumors you speak of? It was passed down and said that Guru Langhima was able to levitate because he cut all of his earthly tethers, both to this world and the spirit world. And wow. thus, he was able to be lighter than air itself. That's... That's something I'd never thought of before, that by releasing all that energy and emotion and you levitate apparently i mean that's that's what they said i mean you see terry go look i've read all the books i'm not sure he actually levitated i like i'm 100%, not 100 percent sure absolutely 100 percent. let me tell you i i i believe and you know what there was a statue at the northern temple and it was levitating it it's everything that that I've been training for, that, that, but I have have had all these earthly tethers. I, I had family. I have <laughs> much of my family are gone. I, I don't know if you know, but mother and father were were killed at, at the Northern Temple and. Um, we must ha make haste. We must make haste. I'm, I'm, I'm getting too One. emotional. We make haste. We have to close this down. One Let's grabs you and goes, dear sister, definitely calm down. Come here. Come here. And wraps you and like does one of those like old people hugs where you have to like bend over to like hug them. And it's like, I at that moment I let him take my weight <laughs> because. It feels like it's someone I can offload to that I'm not giving an extra burden to. And I sort of sink down into him just for this moment to feel that that compassion and, and that love to help me through what has been quite a traumatic moment. And just a couple of tears trickle down my cheek and, and leave just a sort of like just a couple of wet patches at the top of his shoulder on his robes. He goes, history is a funny thing. Many people lose much, and yet they are remembered and talked about, and stories are told. I feel your pain very much, your mother was a very dear friend of mine. And though she is gone, she shall be spoken about for at many this, years to come. At this moment, I take a step back and I wipe the snot off my face and I say, now we must protect. We are going into battle and I will do this in her honor. 
Let's seal this room. Let's extinguish these flames. We want them to think there is nothing in this room, that it holds no significance. Now, Jerry, Tim, are you coming with me or are you staying here to protect? You see one of them while you were like crying. The, the other one had been over like in the corner, had ripped a page out of the book and was like, oh God, <laughs> blew the nose and was like, oh. And like they both kind of came back in when, when you started talking to them and they're like, um, see one of them look at the other and they almost like their brains kind of link up in this moment and you see they both kind of talk to each other in unison. What would we do? without our books. They look back to you. They say nothing. But you know what they've chosen. I will return to open the doors and see you and sit with you and read our scriptures after this is over. I will see you again. They both bow and they go, in unison, we will write about you. As they take steps back, one of them goes and extinguishes the torchlight. And as you step out and you begin airbending one of the bookcases in front of the door, you see the other one's face in the doorway still half lit with light from the other torch on the other side as the other one goes over. And as he puts it out, you put the bookcase in front of them, lift a couple of large pieces of wood and things to cover up the outside of the door. You begin piling up furniture that's in the hallway and anything you can to just block this doorway. But while I'm doing that, I, I don't want it to look like just a random. I make it almost look like this furniture has is meant to be there to 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 make it seem like there isn't a doorway there, that these pieces are just on the wall mm. to cover the doorway. And I sort of take some spit in my hand and pick up some dirt. And because I see a slight, just flicker of some of mm. light coming through from there. And I just touch it into that space there so that you cannot see any light or anything mm. from the other um, space room mm. coming through. And I just say, peace be with you. And I take a step and I turn. Amazing. As you step away, you hear from inside laughing and just happiness almost from inside. As you run away back down the stairs and head back down. And as we see Sister Devna run down the stairs and disappear down the stairwell, the camera pans back out one of the windows, flies back out around the building, and then back in the front door of the main pagoda, the central pagoda of the Eastern Temple, and then flies around a couple of hallways and dodges in amongst people that are rushing past the camera. And you can see that there's a child dropping something as a mother picks them up. It's like, we don't have time, and continues running, and the child leaves their small toy on the ground. As you see the camera pan through, take a left and a right, and then go down this hallway through a door, and then through this kind of winding hall into the basement. 
down here is a congregation of different people, basically. Uh, you can see that there's old, young, uh, healthy, withered, you know, but all are airbenders. You can see at the far end of the room, Asayo is stood up on a plinth and is handing pieces of armor uh, to people as they walk past, grabbing weapons off the wall and handing pieces to them. This basement room is basically solid stone uh, all the way around. It's pretty dark in here, uh, minus a few like uh, lanterns that are lit. Um, the armor that you are handing out, though millennia old, is in perfect condition. You can tell that whoever made this, whether uh, you know it was made in the Earth Kingdom or whether it was forged in the fires of the Fire Nation, this armor that was made for the airbenders is gorgeous and really really sturdy like durable it's great armor and what it looks like is you have these gorgeous oranges and um oranges and like yellows but it's predominantly like leaf shaped so like it's like almost looks like scales that are leaves that kind of come down and cover like the top of the hand and then have like this kind of leafy chest plate basically. The helmet is made out of like a singular big leaf that comes down to a point like in front of the eyes here and then two that come down and kind of stop here. Um, though all the leaves are there, they're actually made out of like metals and things like that, um, but they're painted like autumn colors. You've got these oranges, these yellows, these reds and all this kind of stuff. Um, their boots um, are tied with like these almost like gold laces basically. Um, again though, like this uh, very similar kind of leaf style that goes down. Um, what you notice, even as a firebender, as you put the armor on, when you move in it, you can feel that the leaves actually lift and like kind of move independently of themselves. So it's almost like as you move, it allows air into the armor and allows like air to flow through the armor basically. So, as you're stood there handing out these pieces of armor, it's over to you. I'm just looking for uh, anyone that is the right size of the armor that I'm handing out. So I've got a helmet, and I'm saying, this is uh, this looks about medium. You, you see, over there. Yeah. Uh, Take that. You see, like, an older gentleman yeah. come and, like, grab it. I just give it to him. I go reach down again. Right. This is a, this is a chest plate. I think it's a bit small. Do we need someone? Yeah, you. Take, try that. If it's too small, come back and bring it back. See a guy, <clears throat> see a, a younger, like, female airbender grabs it and, and puts it on and, and kind of goes off. I pick up a glider uh, staff and I put it back down behind me. Nice. And I'm pulling out some other things and I'm handing them out, just kind of trying to, with my voice, to command that I'm, you know, I'm in charge. I'm trying to keep the chaos and sort of the panic from people just grabbing shit all over the place, trying to keep it as organized as possible. The atmosphere in here is both panic, it's nerves. You can almost smell the fear in the sweat that is permeating this room. You can smell what these people are feeling. Mm. And as you're kind of looking around and you're handing out stuff, and you can see that there's some like, like men and like women, like adult airbenders that are like definitely a little bit more prepared. They know how to do armor up and things like that. However, then as you like pan across the room, you see like an old withered airbender with his like blue arrow tattoo and he's struggling to like bend down to put his boot on and stuff. And you see a younger airbender goes to help him. And you just can feel that there's just something like just wrong with this whole situation. You're just like, 
this is fucked up. <laughs> you're like, this just shouldn't be happening. And as you're panning across the room, you see a young airbender. And when I mean young, I'm talking a child. And this child is trying to do up their like van brace here and just with one hand is really struggling. And it doesn't seem like there's any adult there to help them. I, uh, I see that along with all the other visual sad and like troubling things that I'm seeing, that one hits me differently. It hits me like, uh, I almost see myself in that moment. And um, as I'm holding the next piece of armor, I pull up someone that has been helping me, sort of feeding me the armor, right? I pull them up and I say, you take this for a minute, you take charge, make sure that you offer up things that look like they're the right size, otherwise they're useless. Do you have that? And he, he, he looks at you and is like, yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, yeah, I've got it. And uh, pulls up the next one is like, um, uh, helmet for, for, for someone medium, there you go, and hands it out and just instantly, again, him very nervous as well, this guy that you just talked to. One thing, just leave that, that glider staff stays there. Okay, I'll be right back. I'll make sure, I'll make sure it stays I jump course. down off the platform, I make my way sort of shuffling through everyone. As you're pushing through, you're placing your hands on like leaf armor mm. and backs, and you like touch someone's back and you can feel like the sweat like through mm. their clothing. You can feel just that like nervous, cold sweat. And you as I pass, I'm saying, you know, that, that looks like it fits well, nicely done. Tie up that shoe a little bit tighter as I'm walking through. I see him sort of in the corner there, make, you know, still offering instruction to people as I come through and um, come up to him and just stand there for a moment. As you do, your mind flickers back as the camera becomes misty for a second with smoky fire and it clears. And it's in your head and it's you as a child stood in your father's dojo with Fire Nation armor laid out in front of you. Your dad stood there with the stick that he would always use as both a commanding tool and an abuse weapon. Slam it on the ground as you then quickly begin scurrying, trying to put the armor on as fast as you freaking can because you don't want to get hit by dad again and you don't want to let him down. And you're tying up the van brace and you can't get it. And you're just like, shit, fuck. And at that point, he raises the stick and the smoke comes back in. And you're looking again at the kid struggling to pull on his van brace. And I just touch him on the shoulder and I say, boy, what is your name? You see him look up. Uh, I'm, I'm Nihon, uh, sir. Nihon? Yeah, yeah, can, can, can you help me with this? I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. Of course I can, but Nihon, that's a strong name. Thank, thanks, my, I'm named after my dad, actually. He, he passed away when I was younger, but I was told he, he was a, a great man. And I start like helping him with his van brace. Let me slip on the other one. Let's tie that, no, let's tie it. Pull it up a little bit more. There you go. Now bend your elbow. Do you see how that fits in there nicely? Yeah, yeah, oh, I see, yeah, okay. I see what you're doing, yeah, yeah. Nihon, your father was a great man. I sense that you're gonna be a great man and it will start today. 
I've never been in battle. I've never heard of an airbender even being in battle. I, I've only just started airbending. I, I go from my hand on his shoulder and I get down on one knee and I say, what are you feeling right now? I'm, I'm scared. I don't want to die. I'm scared too. And neither do I. I think in these moments, we have to draw on other types of power. And for me, I think of those that I love. I think of actually the one that I love most. Who's the one that you love most? You see him look down and you see him reach into his pocket and then like pull out his hand and he is just gripping for dear life onto uh, an airbender amulet similar to the one that you saw when you were fleeing the Northern Air Temple um, on the ground. He's like, I guess my dad, I can just about remember his face and his voice, but I'd do anything to make him proud. Nihon, your dad is already proud. You've done that already. This is about you stepping into this moment. And what I would say is, in my fear, I think about my mother. And I think about whatever happens today, I will fight until I can see her again. I will see her again. And I ask of you to fight with all of your being. And if that fear arises, you think of your dad. And you think of how proud he is of you. And Nihon the strong will be a brave man today. You see him wipe a tear from his face as he goes, clicks his heels together, bows to you, goes, Thank you, Master Asaya. I appreciate that. And you see him go, I'm going to help some other people like you showed me. You help some other people, Nihon, and I will see you at the end of the day. And we'll talk about the tales and the adventures that we have, that we have seen. And we'll smile. I look forward to it. And maybe you can tell me a bit more about your mother. I'd love to know about your dad. Sounds like a fine man. You see him turn around and go, there's like a, a woman, a female airbender, a couple people away who's struggling with like the same thing he was. And he's like, hey, I know how to fix that with like a newfound confidence mm. in his voice and like a newfound like energy and happiness. As you're kind of doing this scene, I imagine Sister Devna has made her way into the armory and has got an armor on. I imagine during this time as well, Master Tufan has as well, but because of the chaos, you probably didn't see each other in the crowd. And suddenly, as you turn around to like, go back to your post, a horn blares. It sounds throughout the whole temple. You can hear it just echoing. 
to sound none of you have ever heard. Though you have heard many calls in the Northern Temple uh, to, you know, prayer, to meditation, to lesson, you know, to, to many different things, to ceremony. Same for you in the Eastern Temple. And you've never heard this one before. An older man's ears perk up. He looks, looks back. It's the same one that was struggling to do up his boot. And goes, they're here. Suddenly you hear like gasps and like, oh no. Like th kind of ring out throughout the crowd among you guys. Very two. Um, I think Master Tufan in this moment, although panicking a bit himself, knows that people need to sort of, he needs to somehow quash this panic and hmm. get people like organized. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Master Tufan is basically going to shout, all right, everybody line up. We're gonna march out of this room. Double file. I don't know, there's another one for single file. I don't know, like two, you know, line, yeah. like two lines. In Paris. Two abreast. <laughs> two abreast. Two abreast. <laughs> Thank you, Devna. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you see two fans stands up and starts doing this and then sister, sister Devna just pops up two abreast. <laughs> Devna, can you lead them out to the wall? Absolutely, I shall. Come with me, follow me. I, I saw you. Can you make sure that you take the the rear and then come to the front to join us at the rear, but to gather all the people, the loose ones, stragglers behind. I will do. And any bits of last armory, just in case we, there's people out there who haven't completed, and any weapons that may be there. I'll help Asaya with that. Okay, and I march. Devna. Follow me. Devna. Be strong. I shall do. I shall do. I will. I should do this for our families, for your mother, for your mother and father. Your family will be proud. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate that too, Fan. I promise you, you will see no one again. We, yes. we okay. shall succeed. We will. <laughs> and with false confidence and bravado, I say, now follow! You see, chum, chum. if anything airbenders know, they know how to follow orders really well and, and get into line and, 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 and follow tradition and, and a strict path. So they all line up. And as you walk up the stairs, you hear in unison, as the feet of the airbenders land in unison as they walk up the stairs. As you guys are last in the room, and are kind of the last behind. Can you please quickly give me a, um, can you give me a observing like the area check, please? Uh, oh, I can't remember exactly what it's called. It's are we called... both doing that? Uh, yeah, yeah, go on then. It is called, what is it called? It's called Assess the situation. situation. That's what I was looking yeah. for, thank you. I got an eight. An eight? Beautiful. So, four then. Four and four plus uh, yeah. creativity. Cool. I, yeah, that's gonna be between, that's gonna be a seven, eight, or nine, and that fits in that bracket. Cool, mm. so it's an eight and an eight? Yeah. Two eights? Cool. You can both ask me one thing. As you look back at the room, 
Is there anything that you guys are looking for in this armory or anything that you want to find that you haven't already? Anything that, you know, you're looking at that you're like, hmm, wonder if there's this here or anything like that that you want to find in this room before you guys dip out. Um, I'm going to actually look around for, this is kind of a bit of a stretch, but mm. any kind of almost like, almost like a wind instrument that would be used to like direct air, mm -hmm. like a funnel that could be used in combat in some way. Beautiful. Um, and I'm actually looking for this to see if it could be used for a sire. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. see if it could also work with fire as okay. well. Okay. So, as you're looking around, as you're looking around, you are going to see, you're going to see basically this, this kind of like tube basically that kind of almost looks like a saxophone kind of shape except it comes more at a right angle and sticks out straight but kind of comes at like that kind of angle um you're not entirely sure like how it would have been used but the fact that it's in the armory and the fact that it's next to like you know uh, the odd sword that is in here that by the way uh, typically airbenders aren't using weapons, so none of the other airbenders took any swords. Those were all left out of like a pacifism thing, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and you pick it up, and you could for sure see that like, could Asayo blow flames into there? Likely. Could those flames be magnified with some air flowing through there as well? Likely. Um, could you use it to amplify your air and the sound that you can create? Most likely. Okay. So yeah, seems like a good seems like a good tool for you to to, okay. to have. So this could be used to amplify both of our bending together. Maybe even we could use this to dramatic effect more than we ever could alone. I hear you, and I I think it's a good idea. But I also know that there's a good chance we're going to be separated. Yeah. And I hand uh, what I've been holding off. So I've been holding the glider staff mm -hmm. and like the burliest chest armor I could find. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I pull them both over and I say, as you requested. Thank you very much. And put this on. How do you know my size? <laughs> too, too fat. As you put that on, you realize that. Asayo's still wearing his Fire Nation gear and his, you know, his mix of Fire Nation and, and Airbears, what he was wearing at the wedding, basically. Okay. And, um, yeah, he's still wearing that. So, I think that you should wear Airbender armor as well. You I know, know, I thought about it. And I have a feeling that Armor's not gonna help. Yeah? Yeah, I, I think that what I'd like to find will be in a place that armor cannot help. Okay. And I hope he's, I don't care what he's wearing, but I know that what he's gonna come at me with, armor will not help. Okay. But it will help you. And god damn it, Zuvan, your only job is to survive. To your last breath, you live. 
You left. I'll do my best to keep myself alive, to keep my loved ones alive. So, I can see the path you're going down. There's only one place to send. I don't know. I don't think I can stop you. You don't need I to really stop me. I wish I could. There's, there's no need. This has to happen. It's like it's like it was written. If I look back, it's like it was written, and it shall happen. But it does not change my indebtedness to you and your family and our friendship. And whatever happens, just know that you are one of the most important people in my life. And I love you. I love you too, Asaya. I want you to know that even though you came into my life as a teenager and we brought you in and you were a firebender, I want you to know that you will always be one of my family. I always felt that. And you're a brother to me. The camera God pans speed. in as you guys clasp and it just focuses beautifully on this light. We clasp. close into a hug. Beautiful. Godspeed, brother. You see you on the other side. Give him hell. As you guys say this, you turn and rush up the stairs mm. behind the army of airbenders. While this is happening, I have been um, lining people up mm. against the defense wall in rows and making sure we have sort of like layers of mm. people. Um, and I reach into my back pocket to check that I have my pan flute, mm. which when I blow into it, it creates such loud mm. noises that it is like piercing. Mm. And I just tap my my packet and people like mm. shrink away and are able to, and I tap my packet, just my pocket, sorry, just to check that it's still there while directing everyone into their spaces cool. in the area. Roll a d6. Let's say three and up, it's on you. Three and under, you dropped it in the commotion. Six. Beautiful, you've got it on you. <laughs> uh, I tap it and I just have this like reassurance, like I, okay. Um, and feel that I, I have something that, while it's not considered a weapon, it's mm -hmm. something that I can use that would detract from mm -hmm. people and, and make them sort of cringe, sort of like, and, and sort of like not even like be able to concentrate on, on what they're thinking of doing. As you're doing that, you know, the people in the room are coming in. You're also seeing, uh, you know, Sister Leo joins the group. Her children, who are two airbenders that you've grown up with as well, join the group as well. Um, <clears throat> at this point, you two are like running behind them. And uh, as you're running through the hallway, can, um, can Tufan make me a rely on skills check, please? Sure. Actually, give me a push your luck check. Push your luck? Yeah. Okay, okay so I've rolled. With passion. With passion. That's a five. A five? Beautiful. With a five, you slam into Nuon, who's running the opposite direction <laughs> okay. as you, and you both like slam into each other. And she's like, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, hey. Hey. How's it what? going? On your way to the sanctuary? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go seal the door now. I, I heard the horns. I guess, uh, I guess it's time. We're going to be okay. She leans in and places an arm, a uh, hand on both of your shoulders. 
And it's like, both of you, find me afterwards, okay? Okay. We'll find you. Okay. Yeah, be oh, safe, yeah. Noam. Yeah, you, you, you guys too. I step um, away just to give them a moment. I'm, I think I've, I think I've done all that I can to fan. Uh, I've got everyone ready. Uh, we're going to seal the door and I'm going to wait outside. Um, if anything happens, um, if anything happens, just know that out of everything in my life, I've never loved anything as much as you. can't say anymore sorry it's okay she, she like wipes her eyes and is like oh. we don't need to we don't need to say it i know and you know how i feel about you yeah you mean the world to me if anything happens you take that escape and you just go you leave you don't look back you understand i'll try my best to defend these people yes you do your best and i will whether it's in this life or the next. I'll find you. I'll find, I'll find you. Oshinide. Oshinide. She turns and just starts running down the hallway again. You guys turn and you are the last two to kind of like file out and join this congregation of, uh, of airbenders. And as you guys... Able body to the front, experience to the front, children to the back. You hear Devna shouting and organizing people as you join. Guys are kind of doing the math it's in your head and you're looking. There's probably about 200 airbenders here. And you know the size of the army that you guys saw. You know what you dealt with at the Northern Temple. It's not looking good, guys. And as you join the ranks and join the lines, I'd like to quickly just know, what is Asayo thinking? I'm taking in the scene and just wondering why we got here. And I understand the odds and I understand that my fate is probably heading towards death. And I'm extremely sad about that. But I also think about Tufan, Devna, Nuon, the other airbenders, and the hope that that last avatar is still alive somewhere. Beautiful. And I know that of everyone, I might hope against hope in the weirdest and strangest way be able to stop this by killing the person that I once loved and that brought me into this world and that once sought out his, his pride, could never have it, and this is how it has to end. As you stand there and you look out at the red sky in front of you, you can see the island below you, below the temple, kind of cascading off. And then you see that small, narrow bit of sea between yourself and the Earth Kingdom. The Earth Kingdom just out of sight. 
clouds floating across the sky red. And even you, Asayo, feel that wind against your skin. You feel that kind of airbender kind of nature, which in this moment, whether it surprises you or not, is something that is appreciated. What's Master Tufan thinking as he stands in line with his airbender brothers and sisters and Asayo next to him? Master Tufan's thoughts start off similar to Asayo in that he thinks, how did we get here? And thinks back to the happy life he had, the family, the teachers, friends, meeting Nuan, the short few years they've spent together up to this point, preparing for marriage and what that would bring into his life and the happiness that was going to bring. Maybe, and he's thought of this point that it's all changed when the Fire Nation attacked and the life he might have had had none of that happened. The children that may have been, the families, the grandchildren, and sort of thinks that world doesn't exist anymore and might never exist. And the world that there is now is horrible and dark and twisted and wrong and there's nothing else he wants more than to, to change this, to do something, anything to put a dent in this new reality that he hates and thinks I'm gonna do my part whether it whether I live or die I'm gonna fight this I'm not gonna let I'm gonna stand by and let the firebenders take any more yeah. and that's he just sort of slams his staff down on the floor and just grits his teeth and is just preparing for what he's going to do the second he sees a firebender crest the ridge. At this moment, all that can be heard is the sound of the wind as it rushes around you. And as you stand, all of you, you can feel the breathing of the person next to you. You can almost hear that as they breathe, the clinking of their armor as their chest expands and falls. You can only hear this. And as silence prevails, everyone kind of stands with nervous energy, waiting for something to happen. I know at like this moment in time, it's almost like my duty to bring sort of some hope. I think of my late mother, my father, who always brought me joy and happiness. And I feel like it's now my turn to, to embody these two people who have given me such a, a, a rich life such a rich upbringing to take that step forward 
to to show and speak to people as one. And I take my hand up and I take a step forward and I say, my kin, my fellow air nomads, <laughs> you know me as Sister Devna, daughter of the late High Elder, Ehani Beifong. I have lived among you my whole life and I've loved it. This is my home, the Eastern Temple. I stand proud here beside you all. We are sacrificing our beliefs of peace to use our powers with what looks like will be to wage a war. But I say we must. We must. We must unite against the Fire Nation's threat to our families, our home, and not only that, the sanctuary. Looking down at you now, you embolden me. I see <laughs> young, old, brave, whimperers, masters, the inexperienced. But above all, I see a family. We are united as airbenders and shall protect our land. So, now, my faithful family, each one of you, ready yourselves and take one last breath. As you say this, the whole 200 of the airbenders Breathe in, and it's almost as if the trees around you bend inwards. The wind begins to pull inwards. And as Sister Devna turns back round and steps back into line, all of the airbenders kind of broaden shoulders, dig their feet into the ground, as suddenly, shukink, shukink, two grappling hooks clip on to the edge of this courtyard and you hear the kunk, 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 kunk of gears begin to turn. Suddenly in the red sky, you see it rising in front of you. The skyship spoken of by Monkey Yatso. You see its red blimp with the Fire Nation logo painted on the side and metal point at the front arise first with then taut ropes holding this metal beast below it. As you all stand, ready, Asayo, your eyes focus. I'm looking. And you see, on the deck, stood on a high platform, in black armor, with spiked shoulders high above his head, a helmet with points erupting upwards, and flame already in his hand. You see your father. And that is where we are going to end today's episode Whoa. of Avatar.
the last breath. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm so emotional. I'm gonna cry. You did great, by the way. <laughs> Press um, guys, thank you so much for watching. Quickly, I want to say, stick around. We will be doing our post-session clarity show in just ten minutes. So go grab yourself a cup of tea. Go to the loo, like we're about to do, and then we'll see you back here in ten minutes um, as we dissect, debrief, and talk about this yep. heavy, heavy episode and that amazing, amazing speech given by Tracy there. Yeah. Um, guys, thank you so much for watching. We appreciate you all infinitely. We can't tell you how much it means. Um, if you are going to leave us now, go check out our Discord server. We have a TTRPG community of over 600 people and it's growing every day um, where we share ideas, um, information, rules, you know, all this kind of stuff, as well as also just generally chatting with each other. It's a great, safe, diverse, um, inclusive space that we absolutely love. As well as that, we also have our newsletter of holding. It's completely free of charge when you subscribe, um, and you get free D&D &D and TTRPG supplements created by us here at Homie and the Dude. Um, as well as that, you also get updates on any upcoming projects and any projects we are currently working on. The most notable at the moment being our Airship Combat Kickstarter. Um, if you are interested in having dynamic, swashbuckling, three-dimensional sky combat, Hell yeah. we're the place uh -huh. for that. You, you need to check it. out our Kickstarter. But otherwise, guys, we will see you guys back here in 10 minutes for our post-session clarity stream. We appreciate you so, so much. Yeah, Catch you right then. back. <laughs> What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Homie and the Dude for the post-session clarity show. We're just going to do a quick audio check, which is going to happen in 10 seconds. Um, once that's happened, then uh, we'll continue on. But as you know, got to do them audio checks, make sure everything's working. Um, you know, technology is a nightmare. Right. Gotta make sure people hear us. Exactly. Let's have a look. <laughs> what? Yeah, we're all good. Right. So, welcome back everyone. This is the post-session clarity show where we break down, debrief, and discuss this most recent episode of Avatar The Last, uh, Avatar Legends The Last Breath, Fall of the Airbenders, part three. <laughs> the longest title in movie history. Um, cool. Anyone want to jump in with anything off the bat? I finally stopped crying. <laughs> what, was, what, was, what, what was it? Go on. I think it was just saying the speech and trying to instill hope, but in my heart, you know, just knowing what was coming towards us mm. and just being in that moment. Oh my God, I literally, and, mm. and I think just your two um, thoughts of what you were thinking prior to me then going into that, I think was what really like took me into that moment. Tipped you over the edge. Yeah, just <laughs> one last breath. Been meaning yeah. this could be our last breath. Like, yeah. You know, like it was just, yeah. I think for me, those speeches at the end were my favorite bit mm. of all, like of the whole thing. I think Tom, yours was just so like, so real. It felt so like genuine and just like honest to the character. I felt like Ben's as well was like exactly what would be going through my mind of like, what the, like how, and like what could have been and how yeah, am I family. dealing with this shit? Like yeah. just, and it was just yeah. beautiful. Like I think your 
I think Ben, that bit for you was you one of your strongest bits yet. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I thought that was like top tier mm, stuff. Yeah. Like that was really good. That was what took me because when mm. he was like, "What could have been?" Yeah, like family, children, children yeah. the life yeah. I could have. Had. It was and, when he said a dent. Uh, he was like the dent that it's caused in my reality. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah. god, I'm gonna cry. Yeah. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, it was really, really yeah. good. Yeah. It was really good. And T, your speech was beautifully delivered. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. It mm -hmm. was like top notch. Mm -hmm. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Like, I just like my like my, I was so there. I was so I could, in I could it. Tell and you I could just. I was just like imagining everyone in front of me. I sort of like did put my head in like this is with like a glastonbury crowd yeah. you know but yeah, a yeah. small crowd like a, yeah and if i was stood on one of the smallest stages at glastonbury and there'd be those people but it'd be that assortment but then yeah, children yeah. you know like yeah. up in creamfields or something i don't yeah. know you know um yeah i think it was top notch too i think it was just Thank amazing mm. i thought it was just really 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 well delivered today mm. i thought it was really good thanks um i think my favorite bit of my thing was doing your flashback. That like almost killed me. Like I was like, yeah. I almost tipped over the edge mm, with that one myself. Yeah, that like, yeah. like that was a fucking, that was a brutal to, flashback. To like then Transition. flip it to that was the boy's, you know, yeah. most loved one yeah. was so ironic and so kind of heartbreaking for me. Yeah. You it's know? also just this moment where like, you're like, you know, fucking love your dad. Like, yeah, it was, I thought that scene was, you know, you and I talked about how we, how that might go down and like, you know, we talked about less is more and like making sure that it was, you know, really just not like too over like the top. Like genuine. Yeah, kind exactly. Of thing. And I yeah. think we hit that. I feel like yeah. from my side, I really felt like we hit that. Yeah, what I yeah. thought was great was that here was the experience that you had had was almost like a negative experience. Your dad like slamming you that and it was going to be that you had to get it, your yeah. armor on quick enough. Yet the flip side with, when it came out of the thought or the vision that you had to reality was like an opposite. You were giving strength rather than having- It was like it character was just, development, oh, like it was mountain. Just like, it was it amazing. Was mm, yeah. it, was, it was, it was really great. Beautiful. And, yeah. and I don't know if you knew that Bodhi was going to do that sort no. of like thing, but no. how you then- I didn't know then, I was going to do it. But you didn't, okay, no, I wasn't I sure. <laughs> but just how you then stepped into it and created this whole different scene for you and this boy was absolutely insane. It was like amazing. Oh, yeah, awesome. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah. I'm always super, super hypercritical. Like, I, you know, like yeah. since you and I talked about it yesterday, you know, in your mind, you, you, you hearken to all of the scenes, yeah. right? And you want it to be like, I, I think it's a little bit unrealistic because those are scripted. Yeah. Those are like actors that have, you know, probably rehearsed it. That's mm. probably the 15th take. Yeah. This is live and all of that. And so I feel like we, and this is, this is my own like self, super hypercritical like bit of myself. I wanted to just be a little bit more in the moment, just yeah. a little bit more in the moment. I feel like we probably, we pull it off. Mm. Um, That's kind of making me think of like, almost like a similar reason to why people like going to concerts and listening to live music rather than just listening to the album at home is that yeah you can't beat necessarily like studio quality in terms of like the perfectionism they can achieve mm, there right. yeah but there is something about the realness and genuineness of seeing it live especially like when like they could get it wrong yeah 
they they might have only just thought of some parts they add in or something you know do an extra riff or do an extra something riff, like exactly. that just yeah the extra thing that just like wow that was i really felt that and that was you wouldn't always get that from the 50th take in the studio you know sometimes you want you have has to be that first yeah go at it i think know? the one thing that you did is you forced me to have like this heartbreaking moments but you know i had this like extreme sadness but I needed to be strong. Yeah. So that was like you you like set that up in a way that I wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. So that you know the, the kid doesn't need to see like a soppy sad moment. He needs to see someone that that believes in him. And you you kind of put that in place. I wasn't expecting that. I was, that was pretty cool. I, like, talking oh, about sorry talking about things more. that you're not expecting was when you said and it's the two and they're called Jerry and Tim. <laughs> Honest to God. I, I nearly like laughed at that. I didn't know what to do because I was expecting, you know, some sort of different name. I don't know what, but we've had Yang, we've had Yang Chu, we've had Sisterly, like all these Ehani and what have Deb and Jerry and <laughs> Well, here's the thing. When, when I was planning the two, I was like, I want them to kind of be a little bit of comedy relief. Like, I want them to be a bit bumbly. I want them to be a little bit... And them kind of be a little bit detached from what's happening. Like, yeah. them be like, you know, kind of in their own little world, not really kind of getting the gravity of what's happening, but also very much understanding it at the same time. And I feel like I didn't do them as much justice, actually. I felt like I needed to give them a little bit more depth and have them be a little... Like, I did surface, like, comedy stuff with, like, him ripping out the page and blowing his yeah. nose and, like little bits like that but the bit i think that won it back was that last bit where they don't say anything yeah you just know they put out they the fires yeah. you close the thing and it's yeah. like cool they're fucking locked in there basically yeah. Yeah. but then at, at the end again i wanted to bring that back in that you hear them like laughing in there like having yeah, like you know they're, nice they're, 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 they're just, like, being just homies. Two, two dudes in the dark room just trying to sort of like lighten the mood for each other a bit yeah. in the very in what is a very dark situation yeah. Yeah. I, I think I need to apologize for one thing, though, because in my head, I just got flicked onto a space that was really like I was like, follow me. And I went like this <laughs> because <laughs> oh, you did our, like... as a family, if we are in a massive crowd or anywhere yeah. like concerts, if we're on the street and we're trying yeah. to find each other, we sort of lift our hand up and do this. And everyone just looks above the crowd because I'm sort of shorter or whatever yeah. it's just our way of finding each yeah, other yeah. and so i was like follow me and i went <laughs> I like that's, that's devna's special like so, <laughs> i think i need to apologize that because it literally it was such a like reflex thing, <laughs> reflex yeah. thing. Do, you, do you know what killed me so, so one bit stupid. that had me like on the edge of laughing was when <laughs> i go and you two know the size of the army and tom goes yeah and ben goes massive <laughs> I literally I almost lost it I was like fuck sake fuck concentrate on the camera I was really not trying to do that oh dude you didn't you didn't get the memo there's only one thing that you can use the word massive for and that's just that's, it, was, it was just brilliant it was just it was just perfectly you delivered it Ben with like that ignorance of just yeah it's massive and I was just like, geez, okay. It's like, okay. Um, That's going to get cut out and used somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, think, um, I think your bit with, um, obviously with Briefus is hard because I, I, I also realized that as we got into the scene, I was like, 
This creature literally can't communicate with you. you. I was like, this is yeah. this yeah. is like yeah. inference. Yeah. Language, you did that really well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you did that really well. I was like, inference was was really important. But yeah. I like the fact that the um, the beast master or yeah, bison master, bison yeah, yeah. master um, was able to had picked up a, a sort of like a level of grunt that he knew, like because yeah, cool. you know when you're like. I know that when I've had a cat, I've gone like, you know, made this noise and the cat will be like, ooh, hello, like, you know, like doing some sort of weird purr thing. Well, here's here's the beautiful thing about doing the story that we're doing is we, like anyone who knows Avatar knows how this ends for this temple. And anyone who wants to Google what happened to the Eastern Temple, you can find out pretty quickly how this is going to go. Mm. I think for me, the the fun of that is that I can add characters in that, we can like that don't have to have any relevance later on in the world and the, yeah. the history that does exist for avatar where the majority of yeah. the avatar's history is mm -hmm. um because you know it just gives me it gives me a bit of room to be like i mean is it realistic that anyone can speak bison in this world probably not mm. but there could have been one guy who just no one knew about <laughs> who does speak bison yeah. so i was like didn't make I, it through that's one of the things is that I, I like that kind of freedom actually as a DM. It's it's something yeah. that I really appreciate. And also, I'm excited for the epilogue because by doing that, we can like I can go to see I have scenes now that I didn't realize I was gonna have, like inside the archive. Um, you know, what's happening with Briefus, you know, like this, like I can like almost have these epilogue scenes i didn't even realize i was actually gonna have like i had some yeah. ideas for epilogue scenes mm. but i didn't have any like scenes that i i was going to be able to have for for, for that stuff also <clears throat> i want someone i want to clarify something for people because i know how i talk about this and i talk about the camera and stuff when i say scenes and things like that i mean things like encounters like any dm or gm like an encounter that i have planned that could go any way but these guys have a general idea of the story that we're telling mm. is, is where this is going but everything you watch us do is improvised they might have an idea of like for example tom knew that he was going to be going to the armory and was going to be helping out i said mentioned that he was likely going to have a moment with a younger person and he would need to instill some hope mm. we talked about some scenes from movies that are equivalent to that and just gave Tom some idea of how he could think about his, his character doing that. So yes, we know that, but then once we go into it, it's completely improvised, which mm. is why you'll hear Becky, you know, at times will be like putting music on that she thinks is next. And then I bring it back around to something and then Becky's putting something else on because we've done something that we weren't expecting in the mm. track of this whole thing. Mm. So as much as there are some planned elements, we also are improvising everything like it, like, the scene that you and I had with the, the flashback, like, I don't know what it was when you said I jumped down the plinth or like you were like, I look at him and I think back to my father. You said something and mm. I was like, oh, flashback. I was like, mm. I'm going to throw in like a savage flashback that mm. is like a time when you were putting on armor basically and your dad was there. And I was like, instantly, I was like, cool. But all of that's improvised. All of that like comes off the dome. Same with like Tom's response to me and everything. It's all improvised. That whole scene afterwards with you guys searching the basement and you know, standing in the basement, we hadn't planned that. New one bumping into you guys, none of that was planned. Mm. You guys having your last thoughts, none of that was planned. Yeah. You know, we knew Tracy was going to give a speech, but that was about it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You guys so, didn't know the speech. No, you no, guys didn't know the speech like at all. And, I, yeah. and you just, you sort of advised me to sort of like look at um, like other speeches. Like, other like pre-war yeah, speeches. Yeah, yeah, William Wallace, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Exactly. You know? 
So, I think to your point about everyone knows the story of Avatar and how this ends. I think the cool thing, the thing that I'm really enjoying about it is, and you could, I guess you could use the same, the same kind of connection with any war that ends badly is there are so many like individual moments that have been lost in history that are never told that are never told and yeah. this is you know the story of of this little group of people mm. and yeah. if you know what their what their attempt was to to somehow hold back the tide yeah and uh and in the real you know in, in the actual avatar story they are not there yeah right but and and not only that, but not only are they aren't there, they're not even talked about. Like, that's the other thing that I think, like, for me, enticed me about doing this story. This, in this timeline. This, yeah, this short, like, little time, the, you know, we're doing, like, a couple days, like, mm. realistically, is, like, the time period that this is happening in. And for me, like, it felt like there was some, like, how you're going to write, like, that such and such defended a temple but you're not going to write anything about like those people or like anything about that like don't get me wrong i understand it's not relevant to the stories that were told and you only write what you need to write that's relevant but i also just felt like that was where the hole was missing and that like yeah these like it's often like the alamo is like one that's like well known and like they stood their ground and blah 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 you mm. know kind of thing but those people are remembered mm. Why weren't the airbenders that, you know, fought in these, in these battles ever remembered? Why did no one, like, mm -hmm. you know, do that? And I think it's another reason why I wanted to add, like, the Beifong family into this a little bit and give some history to that and show, like, that there's generations and shit doesn't just mean that what you saw is what it always was. Like, shit was different and mm -hmm. shit was, like... And, like, I think, Ben, your speech actually encapsulated our plot, like beautifully and of you being like what the world would have been like if Sozin didn't do this yeah. like what could have happened for you for fucking all of you at this table for just and also the world as well mm. what would have happened if you know Aang hadn't rushed and frozen in the ice and been gone yeah. for a hundred years you know what would have happened if Sozin didn't like genocide people yeah. basically Honestly, you know like I mean? Aang in this situation is the teeter-totter of Will the world stay like this yeah. and get worse? Yeah. Or has it got some kind of hope of getting better? Hang yeah. is that in in the story, basically, yeah. at this point. And I think is <clears throat> I, I think that's the other thing, is you look at the Hundred Year War and there's not a lot of talk about any heroes that did much during that time. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like when Aang is gone, like the the story is Aang and his group come back and fix all the problems. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I feel like during the Hundred Year War, I feel like if we were to run other Avatar streams, we've talked about doing a prequel series with these characters when they were younger and, and things like that. But I think if we did another series, it would be great to investigate some more stuff during the Hundred Year War. Where From Aang another angle. Yeah. yeah, and look at, you know, what's going on in the Earth Kingdom, in the yeah. water tribes, and, yeah. you know, and look at it from a different angle, because that would be really interesting, in my opinion. You could actually, like, if you did that, you could then have, um, what do you call them, when you, like, almost like Easter eggs from the... So the new one would have some sort of Easter egg of like from this one. From this one, oh, yeah. I mean, like there's when, a wedding taking place. Like, yeah, yeah, those you types know, of I've things. I've heard there's a wedding yeah. taking place. I mean, not to say that we are going to do it, but that would be kind of, yeah, you know, that would be cool. In the far, in the also, I was just thinking water. we could we could definitely do Water Tribe and do Katara and Sokka's parents. Well, something that we could definitely do at some point yeah. and have young Katara and Sokka and things. Something that's possible. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Or what about um, Iroh when I? Oh, 
Young like, Iroh? Iroh basically becoming a general. During Ba Sing Se, even him he, taking Ba Sing Se. Yeah, he was Se. trying to take Ba Sing Se, and his yeah. son was, was with him. Yeah. That whole story. That would be fucking sick as well. That would be... Like, I feel like there's lots... There's lots of room with Avatar, and I feel like, for me, people are looking at, like, the Avatar and the Korra eras, mm. which I think are really cool eras to tell story in. But I feel like, actually, the, the chunk of where you can tell story here, because you can manipulate it into something beautiful is everything that hasn't been told you know the like hundred the year fringe. war yeah roku's era kiyoshi's era you know though there's bits written mm. about it it's nice to be able to fill in yeah yeah some of that blank and i think uh, to a testament to the original avatar show i think one of their strongest things that they do throughout the show is they bring in side characters like um jet um jet the dude with the like the hook knives and you've got the the dude who's in yeah. like the makeshift wheelchair and you have all these side characters that actually have their own side plot and the gang go in like obviously the gang go through and like help them with the thing but you get to see a little bit of like the world and what's going on mm. and i feel like that's almost a bit what we're trying to do is just show another part of the world that people didn't yeah. get to see during the time right yeah. I, I think that's awesome personally. yeah like these these side characters you bring up this is like they're each of the, these people is kind of got their own war that they're fighting yeah their own ecosystem if you will that, yeah. that they're trying to deal to with change their own world they're trying to put a dent in to, yeah. to fix mm. you know exactly dude you're totally right and that's i think that's what we've captured with this and i think this story yeah. is doing it a lot of justice i feel like you guys as a cast are living up to what these characters needed to be mm. like i feel like more than anything like don't get me wrong as a as a gm dm whatever um, I can build the world and give you like these setups where I give you a chance to be this, but you guys are just hitting the mark mm. every time, which I think makes it just so powerful. It's just so powerful. I feel feel real confident about this series, and I'm just real proud of it. Mm. Like as much as I love the Sky Realm, and there's we've had amazing moments in the Sky Realm, and probably we'll have in other shows. I'm just very proud of the story that we've told here. I feel yeah. like it's just. It's also not your typical RPG. I feel like every RPG story is like dick and fart jokes. Mm. Like a lot of the, like, do you know what I mean? Like even, it's, it's also like, even serious it, shit. Like it, it usually feels like um, the heroes are being set up to win. They can't yeah. really fail. Like yeah. it's, I know that sounds silly, but like, like even when the, the, the odds are against them, you yeah. know, you're kind of like, yeah, but they're not going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like. Exactly. You're like, it's critical role. We're only 50 episodes in. They're not cutting season three at 50 episodes in. They got yeah. another 150 episodes to go, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree with that as well. Yeah, Just there's something some super cool about breaking that mold, right? Mm. Making it so that, like, you know, if people do know how it ends, then being curious about, okay, so what is the epilogue? Like, what? how, how does it actually, what were the last, you know, the last movements, the last actions, the last words of these people? I think that's really cool in that and knowing confidently that that is the case without mm -hmm. having like this safety line to like pull it out of the fucking, you yeah. know, pull it out of the bag and the heroes somehow. There's win. no multiverse and we're going to have like a different version of Asai who pop up and be like fucking, <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's yeah. no, yeah. there's we're no reset, revive stone or suddenly unlock anything time like that. Travel. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> No, it's not Marvel, guys. It's not Marvel. It's just not Marvel. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm super proud of it. Has anyone got anything else about this session in particular that they want to go over or talk about? I just, I felt pretty good about, like, I, I felt like I performed a lot better in this one than the mm. other two. 
Mm. Once I just kind of got in, mm. in my element, just. Yeah. I see, yeah. dude, I see you doing this. Mm. And same with Becky's production and like same with my DMing and everything. I see all of yeah. us just like, like on yeah. a roller coaster, just like chick chipping away as we go up. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like, um, I, dude, I feel like today was your strongest performance mm. for, nice. for sure. And I feel like, dude, your the depth that you went with that speech and your scene with Briefus and stuff felt like you reached new emotional, emotional heights, heights and, yeah. and depths that I'm not nice. sure whether you knew you had or, or what, but I feel like was really it, nice. It, to it. At the end of the day, well, it came from a, a real place. Yeah. You know, when I was thinking about the Briefus stuff, yeah. I, was, I was thinking, no, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't just be sad about the fact that I'm not going to see this guy, this thing again. Yeah. I'd be sad about the fact that this animal is now like confused and sad as well yeah. and that somehow hits me harder than my own yeah, yeah. and dude and know. dude it was perfect like i think you're again i actually forgot i didn't forget but i i forgot about the bit where you were talking about how you were feeling watching them fly off and i thought that was another moment where nice. i was just like fucking amazing yeah, it was, good, man. Appreciate just it. It was really a real good. like it was just such a pleasure such fun to mm. um sort of like do this sort of like campaign all together i'm really enjoying it yeah. Yeah. and and to think what's hilarious what's fucking hilarious is tracy at the beginning of this was like oh new system new character to be fair we barely fucking use the system we yeah. we'll just fucking tell the story we don't need these like dice Actually, rolls for the most let's part. talk about that let's talk about that yeah, because i think it. that's a really really important thing that tracy begun to mention and we like stopped in the break because we didn't want to yeah. not discuss it live I think I'm not sure whether it's the system is meant to be like this in of that we are like and and very much like don't get me wrong it's you guys aren't adventuring at this point it's not like you're trying to trick guards or like persuade right. this or like you know yeah. do like it's very much a heavy like role play like story that we're doing yeah but I feel like these rules allow for that wiggle room mm, I feel yeah. like they allow for the movement but if if this was D and D, yeah, what would we have done differently? Like, forget combat stuff. Like, yeah, in the role play side of things, like, what would be different? Like, I feel like um, D and D, like, with like things like perception check, mm. investigation, history check. Mm. Like, when you're talking to an NPC and like, I want to roll fucking perception to see if this guy is shifty, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like if that's not given away in the DM's performance, mm. then you probably weren't meant to see it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really make... I, I, maybe that's mm. silly of me to think, but like, because I guess also you want each character to have different yeah. abilities and stuff, but I think does that I, make sense? I, I totally hear what you're saying. I think for D&D, it's definitely different. It's a mix of like, for D&D, um, there's things like insight where you're trying to deduce things from like facial like reactions mm. and like, mannerisms yeah. and stuff to try and deduce more but i would say like like i said like i i feel like the system isn't like that crunchy like because it's not yeah. that crunchy it means that there's room for us to just role play and i but on the other side i feel like the rules that are there are fucking crunchy for some reason like mm. i feel like and like don't get me wrong like magpie i think you've done a phenomenal job with the system i think the balance stuff is really interesting i mm. think you know the fatigue stuff is cool. I think the combat definitely needs some work, but is is very interesting and a cool way to do it. But I feel like there's some crunch here that it might not be necessary. It feels mm. like, you know, like 
I, I guess the thing that I miss from D&D is like when you have a possible outcome of one of two things, like if you're looking at like a persuasion check, it can be like, cool, yes, you succeed on the DC in my head or no, you fail. And we decide how that goes, basically, based on the context of the scene. It feels like some of these rules remove like... Take you out of the scene. No they, they, they remove the yeah. context a little bit. Do you know what I mean? What were you going to say, Ben? I was going to say also like, in a way, they kind of remove the binary of it, though. So, like, when, mm. uh, let's say it was like a trick check, you can choose if they act foolishly or do yeah. this or do this. It's, like, almost too specific yeah. with, what they're, what, with what the options are. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Where, you, you, like you said, yeah, you kind of you want it to be a context thing. But, I was going to yeah. say, they add a spectrum of options, but then they make those options really You're specific. Limited. And yeah. it's, like, it feels like it should be, like, open that up a little bit. Like, allow for a little bit <laughs> yeah. more... But I understand why they've done that to fit in with the rest of the rule system around it. I it think, makes yeah. sense. Well, I think, so my preference is always role play, and I think D&D, &D, you know, perception checks, insight checks, all of that, yeah. from the way we're playing this, I think those take away from the momentum of mm. the scene. Um, and I think to some extent, these do as well. Mm. But I, I, I guess in the end, it's do you prefer a role play or not? And this might not be symbolic of... Avatar Legends, it might be just symbolic of this is more friendly to roleplay, yeah. especially in today's session. It was mm. definitely more friendly to roleplay. Um, so is that indicative of Avatar Legends being a more roleplay friendly system, or is it indicative of this particular part of the story mm. was that? But once we get into other things where you are interacting with NPCs more, it does... it. I think it does kind of clip momentum a little bit. I think like there's things I was just thinking, I was like, maybe we're not using like the balance moves as much as we like, you know, like calling someone out, you know, denying a call out. But I feel like all of that stuff is stuff that's more like long frame. Like I feel mm. like that stuff would happen if we had more like a longer plot to kind of engage yeah. with and see characters develop if over was... a very long period mm. of time yeah. instead yeah. of if we short. Less, if we were less certain about where we're kind of going with this. Yeah. Characters and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. And I think that's maybe something that would be really fun to try would be making, you know, new characters that, you know, we can take over maybe a mm. few more episodes and have a longer arc and have mm. them, you know, develop in a, in, in a more interesting way. Me not knowing the ending, you guys not knowing the ending, everyone watching not knowing the ending, mm. you know, that would be, that'd be really interesting, I think as well. But as far as the system goes, like, Powered by the Apocalypse, no massive complaints, really. Mm. Like, I, I think I'm cool with it. Like, I... I would be happy to play another Powered by the Apocalypse yeah. game. Um, and I think, like I said, Magpie have done a very good job with this. Like, they they did as much as they could to make sure that you have social, a lot of social options, mm. a lot of, like, good balance options, a lot of good combat options. Like, felt like they tried to incorporate a lot of stuff and make it different. But um, I, I feel like something I'm noticing in TTRPGs is either you have combat be really crunchy and roleplay be less crunchy or you have roleplay be more crunchy but it's more broken up and interrupted because it is more crunchy mm. and combat be lighter yeah like it feels like it's hard to get a balance between those two and if you do light and light then it's almost like you're not really playing mm. there's no dice rolls at all almost, you're almost wiping everything yeah. like everything out of it's almost point. negating it's, it's, things, like, yeah. yeah negating stuff totally. in a way so it's it's definitely a weird one yeah. definitely mm. a weird one but yeah, cool. Anything else from anyone? No. Just that uh, 
just to remind everyone, the next episodes, that's it. Wait, it's a it's a four part series. The you have to get it in in four. Yeah, yeah. you got it in in four. There's something about that that's cool. Like yeah. to have an arc, it's like uh, it's like a movie arc almost, or yeah. a theater yeah. arc, like a, you know? a mini drama series or yeah. something. Yeah. So. If you are interested in uh, this series, uh, if this is the first episode you're somehow catching and you're in the middle of this, uh, I suggest watching episode one and two because that will definitely give you some context <laughs> on what's happening. Um, and we will be having episode four um, next week for you guys. Um, we'll be live streaming that same, uh, same time, but on Friday mm. um, the 10th. Um, Otherwise, guys, just thank you so much for coming to take the time to listen to this Avatar story. As you've heard us talk about, we're so proud of this story and we're all loving it so much and having a great time. So anyone else who engages with this and enjoys it and whatnot, thank you for being like-minded and, and you know coming and enjoying our content. We appreciate that loads. Um, otherwise, uh, I've been Bodhi, your unexceptional dungeon master. I have been Bodhi. I continue to be Bodhi <laughs> and the unexceptional dungeon master. And... This is your exceptional cast of players. You've got Tracy on the left, Ben in the middle, Tom on the right, and they are kicking some absolute <laughs> butt. Guys, thank you so much for watching and subscribe to the YouTube uh, if you're enjoying the series. Uh, join the Discord server, link in the description, and subscribe to our newsletter of holding. Get free tabletop role-playing content from us here at Only in the Dude. Otherwise, thank you so much for watching, guys, and we will catch you in the next episode. See you next Friday, guys. Next Friday.